on this episode of Everybody Loves Movies. That was the worst thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep that in. It's so great. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> I, I'm just so shocked that came out of your mouth. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Everybody Loves Movies, the podcast where the hosts are completely incompetent, but they know what they're like. And this movie today is definitely one that we like. Um, it almost wasn't, though. No, it was very close to not being uh, on a liked list. Uh, so I'll let you tell what, what the movie is and who's in it. Well, Grim, we didn't even introduce ourselves, but hey, I'm, I'm Kata oh, yeah. and that's Grim. You know, last time we forgot the movie, this time we forgot us. Of course. Well, we started out, or I started out with, we're incompetent. But we know what we like. Yep. Well, the movie that we got for you guys today is Promare, a very popular Japanese animated film from um, big names like Studio Trigger, Trigger and X-Flag, and it came out in 2019. For some reason, I was thinking it was like 2021. <gasps> nope. Not at all. <laughs> when, I mean, it was only a couple hours ago that we started it, but... I, for some reason, was thinking it was from 2021. Nope, it was from 2019. But See, And that's why I decided <laughs> to let you do this. But anyways, guys, um, we didn't do this in the last episode, but we're going to give a big spoiler alert because as much as we really like this movie and as much as we want to tell you about it, we really want you to go watch this movie before you come listen to our, our episode today because it's only what I can describe as an experience. It's almost like... Getting on Mr. Toad's wild ride, and before you finish, you've also been on the teacups and Magic Mountain and the Matterhorn, only to be suddenly doing a free fall from thirty thousand feet. Yes, it's it. Like I said, it experience. Yeah. <laughs> so go watch it, and then come back and listen to our episode. Yeah, because there is nothing we can say about this movie that will not spoil anything. The whole the whole movie is just spoiler fodder. Yes, but we're going to talk about it as best we can. There's so much to talk about. Like I said, we actually were about to turn it off, but it ended up really surprising us. Yeah, it, it started out, it felt like like when Disney Channel or Cartoon Network or some of those, when they take uh, older cartoons from the 80s or whatever and try and update them for kids now. And just the animation style and everything, it just it really felt like that. And it was not fun. Yeah, because like in the beginning, you I, actually the the beginning is really eye catching though because they start out by telling how a great calamity I think they called it the Great World Blaze yeah were like this big massive mass of fires that were caused by spontaneous human combustion which killed over half the world's population yeah and it when I say it wasn't fun <laughs> I, I, that wasn't fun I mean it was visually it was stunning yeah visually the animation was stunning yeah. Um, but it was but it's yeah. after that that it gets into like the weird kids cartoony look yeah it went from big calamity has started because of human combustion spontaneous human combustion people now are called um i i think the concept of the burnish yeah yes. so the people who spontaneously combust are called the burnish and basically it's the burnish causing all these problems in the world that's where kind of our um 
Yeah, they're story considered begins. terrorists. Yes, at large. Yes. And once that whole introduction is shown and everyone it's kind of insane seeing the beginning because it was everyone like spontaneously combusting but with flames coming out of their eyes and their mouth <laughs> it was really cool it was really cool but it was also insane yeah which it, it was we, it was like cool and insane and terrifying yeah like this whole movie was <laughs> yeah it, the whole this whole movie or not the whole movie because again there's that weird kids cartoony bit but it's almost like they start you out with like oh holy shit what's going on and then as you're getting all excited, they just kick you in the stomach to say, yeah, guess what? This is not the ride you're expecting. And then another twist happens and all of a sudden you're like, okay, yeah, now this is getting really cool. Now this is getting really good and very interesting. Yeah. And from that point on, it just stays like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Because we, we couldn't even guess it. And I'm still not really sure what we watched. Um, well, I guess after this whole introduction, we time skip like 30 years later, I yes. think. 30 years later, and they're struggling to main, s struggling to gain peace in, in the world because these Burnish are just terrorizing everybody and the whole world is hell, basically. I mean, I think it, it's, it was like there's Burnish around, but the people who are at large were called... Oh, man, I do not remember. Oh, it, they were called the Mad Burnish. Yeah. And they were a group of what they considered radical, radical, I say in very big quotation marks, radical terrorists. Yes. That they were trying to catch, capture, and for the public safety, big quotation marks there again, that they needed to be captured and yeah. taken care of. And we meet them when there is an insane blaze and our main character's team, I guess. Basically, what the scene is, is that there is a big skyscraper on fire. We get introduced to this fire squad. And the main protagonist who's part of that fire squad, which they are called the Burning Rescue, I think, group or something like that. I, I don't remember. We hear, we hear the name a bunch of times, but we hear so many insane names throughout this movie. I can't remember any of them. Yeah, there's a lot of names. And there was actually a lot of names introduced in the beginning. But our main, our main protagonist is um, Gallo Thymos, who is a blue-haired... Matoy loving burning soul firefighter who we followed throughout the story. Okay. So I know you will look this up. Yes. W what is that? Matoy? Yes. Um, from what I saw, they so a Matoy was a flag used in the Edo period in Japan by firemen to notify people that of a fire near or within a building. So they would um so, so like, it was kind of like a warning flag to put up to keep people away so they don't end up getting hurt in the fire yeah so it was taken up on on a roof near the burning building by the matoy holder and then waved to draw attention to other groups of firefighters who would then hurry to the site of the fire to assist oh so it's like the when they light the the flames in lord of the rings yes so it's it's a signal to tell other firefighters come help and at the same time tell the regular people stay away kind of yeah but it was Which mainly to notify really makes sense for this character that that would be the thing yeah so like it, it's basically a flag um like what we saw in the movie I, i'm trying to bring up an image right now but um 
it was like a pyramid cylindrical flag that they can wave around basically that has like um not string like ribbons at the end to like wave around so that people can see it interesting yeah yeah we're gonna have to we should we should put a picture of that on twitter we should so from there we see gallo and his group fighting what i seemingly saw was live fire in the beginning and this whole team uses like ice weaponry to fight them yeah they were it was like they're shooting giant ice cubes yes and then towards the more ending of the fight we get introduced to gallo who gets launched out of a oh man what was it like a ladder catapult yeah he was getting launched out of a lot of things but a ladder catapult to the top of the burning skyscraper to save a group of civilians who were stuck on there and that's where we get introduced to the mad burnish who have the coolest design i have ever seen it it reminded me of um was it is it envy from where from Full Metal Alchemist. Yes, it's Envy for Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, so how, with the, the black skin, the carbon skin, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of Oh, no, that. that's, gr- that's greed. greed. Sorry. Okay. That's Greed. Yeah, Envy is the little skinny shape-shifting shit. Yeah. So, yeah, Greed. It kind of reminded me of Greed in a way. Yeah, no, they were really cool. So, they basically transform. They have armor on, and they can basically kind of control the flames to transform into stuff. So, they transformed their flames into motorcycles and rode around Gallo during the skyscraper <laughs> fight. Yeah. And he ends up in Gallo ends up in this weird, almost like a acorn looking mech suit, suit thing. Yeah. Mech suit. And, and he thinks it's cool. I mean, he loves the toys and he thinks they're really cool. And they get him fired up. Yeah. With his burning soul, which that will come up multiple times throughout this movie. Yes. <laughs> so his burning um, soul is a theme. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, Gallows fights the the Mad Burnish and ends up winning, which we did not expect. No, and actually, we were kind of hoping he would lose. Guys, this, this protagonist is really annoying in the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> he's we, really we were annoying. Both wanting him to not be the protagonist. We were, we were wanting him more like be the first victim. <laughs> yes. So like from there, he takes down the three mad burnish. Yeah. Well, he takes down the first two. He's about to lose to the third when his team comes up from behind him yes. and or from behind the third guy and takes him out. Yes. It was the classic look behind you. Yes, it was the classic look behind you. And I guess from there we get to learn the Mad Burnish leader's name. Leo. Yeah, Leo Fatoya? Leo Fatoy. Yeah. I think. It's F-O-T-I-A. Yeah, I think it was Leo Leo Fatoy. Okay. But we learned that the Mad Burnish leader is Leo. And who is... (laughs) You know, I said during this movie, don't trust blondes. Which it does apply. (laughs) But Leo is a blonde. Yeah. It, he was more of like a white hair blonde. We're gonna a go with blonde. We're gonna go with golden blondes. No bueno. <laughs> white blondes, just fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we really should make a bingo card because this movie was just checking all the boxes. Oh yeah, we have the protagonist. We have the very annoying, very upbeat protagonist with the weird hairstyle. Yes. In a weird hair color. Yep. We got the. We got a battle between the protagonist 
And the apparent villain. Yeah, and the apparent villain within the first few minutes. Who looks like the exact opposite of him. Yep. Because Leo is like a pretty white blonde, little on the short side. Leo's captured, but he's taken away by, oh, I do not remember. It's another... Freezing force? I think it was, yeah, freeze force? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So Again, it was police- there's all kinds of names, and they're all stupid names. <laughs> so to try and keep track of them all is a pain. But we're going to try our best. We're not confident, <laughs> but we're trying our best. <laughs> exactly. So basically, the freeze force comes to pick up Leo and his mad British group, group, which is like two others. And this freeze force is a police force that's owned by the city governor, Cray Forsyth. And a large golden blonde man. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So the freeze force basically has a um, little, what, not even scuffle. They have a little conflict between the freeze force and the burn, the burning rescue. They they threatened to arrest our hero because he broke the law because they weren't authorized to, uh, they weren't authorized to arrest terrorists. Or they won't authorize to fight terrorists or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. So, but his um, Gallo supervisor basically puts in a good word for him. Well, he says, he said, we are authorized to detain or capture whatever terrorists Yeah. in the process of fighting the fire. Yeah. So, from there, we have a little jump cut to, I guess, Leo and them being taken away and... Um, Gallo getting a award? Yeah, he was getting a medal for being being the one that captured this terrorist that's been wanted for years. And there's a little ceremony, and then we jump after that scene to them eating pizza, I believe. Yeah, I can't remember if it was that or that we see them, we see Leo and his group being put into a cell first. I think it's us seeing leo and them being put in a cell first because i I believe it was like see them being just locked up and thrown into this freezing cell to keep them from using their fire i remember and it goes from that straight to the heroes in the warm sun enjoying themselves eating a ton of pizza yeah that now i remember because that difference was very um insane yeah (laughs) to watch because it goes from Leo and them being put into this small storage container, basically. Yeah, full of people and many of them children Children. and bandaged like they just were beaten within an inch of their lives. Yeah, so. And then it jumps cuts to our our main protagonist eating pizza with his group, having fun. Yeah, and they were devouring those pizzas, too. I was like... Well, one guy was just picking it up by the pizza instead of by the slice. I mean, and I they kept ordering pretty, more. I guess that's some pretty damn good pizza. I liked how it's like they kept ordering more, and the one guy's like, "You don't honestly think we're going to split this evenly, right?" I mean, <laughs> I would raise such concerns as well. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm not splitting this bill evenly with you guys when you just are eating multiple pizzas at a time each. Yeah, the group is talking about how about the mad burnish and how their conversation ranged around the burnish being a danger. But mainly just a terrorist group. I believe the um, the owner was just like, well, not every burnish is like that. It's just those terrorists who give burnish a bad name. Well, they also had a conversation, didn't they, about Cray and Gallo's personal history with him and it being like Cray being his hero. Yes, which. Mm. Yeah, everything <laughs> comes back. 
<laughs> it's a full circle. Yes. Yeah. Gallows goes on about how he idolizes Cray and he wants to do good and not make Cray look bad by doing something wrong. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we right, get- this is this is like there's so much going on and there's so much we, we want to say, but just to try and make sense of anything we're saying so anybody else could know what we're talking about, it's a chore. Yeah, this is an insane movie. Yeah, because there's a lot of jumps, and we we have to talk about the jump of the freeze force coming out of nowhere, raining ice bolts on the cafe, and arresting the pizza guy. Yeah, because and he's a terrorist. He's a terrorist, apparently. Because he's a burnish, and a burnish is automatically a terrorist. Yeah, and I think we should also mention, too, that it's right after they show up and start doing this that even even gallows like he didn't do anything wrong and what how how are you going to come in here and do this he's not done anything but yet they come in and say he's a terrorist and haul him off and all of a sudden all the people are like they can't believe that they would be served that that food and it was like they was they were being served garbage and it, suddenly this pizza that everybody loved nobody could stand the taste of because just it because made, it was made by a burnish which is so insane to watch because this movie the discrimination of the burnish face is very well when that happened and all of a sudden everybody's just complaining about how bad it was the first thing i thought of was all the stories you hear about like the ss going and rounding up jews and being shop owners and that or the ones that were trying to hide it and later people find out and suddenly, oh, I can't believe we ever talked to these people. How horrible. And it's like, you were friends with them. You liked their food. You liked the clothes they made, whatever. Now, all of a sudden, just because they happen to be different than you in some way, they're garbage. Yes, it was. It's very, um, that transition from a happy pizza lunch to people being totally disgusted by a food made by someone who's different from them is it's yeah. very glaring and very um it's almost in a way just so um holy fuck this is what? schindler's list the anime <laughs> 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 oh my god all the ones at the end were the ones on the list <laughs> fuck <laughs> <laughs> well. okay <laughs> anyway as you were saying whoa <laughs> <laughs> you good you you sound like you just <laughs> mm. you had an insane um realization yeah i i i don't know why but suddenly just thinking of that and the juxtaposition and going from the happy scene to that sudden twist or that sudden horribleness mm. reminded me a lot of how like when the the guy is saying oh, okay yeah i I pardon you and let the, he lets the kid go and then, and it's like, Oh, how happy. And then he turns around and just shoots him. Oh, I mean, there's so many things like, like that, that happen in this movie where you're going one way and then suddenly just that hard left turn. Yeah. And like throwing them all in that cell with the injured kids and everything else to the happy scene of the, uh, the heroes in the sun. This is Schindler's list. The anime. Yeah. That's, Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After the horrible pizza scene, we 
horrible, horrible pizza scene. We cut to, I think we cut back to Leo and his group. Um, they are getting transferred. They get, are getting transferred to a more high security area. And as they're getting transferred, Leo breaks out. Oh, I totally forgot to, that detail. There's these really weird cuffs that they put on the burnish that every time they try to use their power, it basically turns them into popsicles. Yeah. That, that whole area reminded me of the freezing cells in the fire nation and yes, it was very much kind of like that. Yeah. So they start to get transferred. Leo breaks out of his cuffs by using his fire to basically flash, flash heat the ice causing them to explode because science. <laughs> Well, yeah, because doing that, the, the pressure would build up because only so much steam can go out at once. And then you also have the, the cuffs themselves trying to refreeze that fast. And yeah. it just kind of overloaded everything and couldn't contain the pressure and boom. Yep. The cuffs went boom. And Leo and get Leo basically uses his pyrokinesis to get his other two burnish buddies Fancy out. Word. Huh? Fancy word. Which one? Pyrokinesis. Yeah. Well, they do have pyrokinesis. Yeah. But yeah, so they use their powers. They basically get out and help all the other burnish that have been imprisoned in this gigantic prison out. Yeah. They've got quite a few people locked up. It was enough to fill like, what, two trucks? Um, Or three. It was three. Yeah. I think because when we saw all the trucks driving down the road, there was like three or four large trucks. Yes. It looked more like a military convoy. Yeah. So they break free and, um, oh, maybe the trucks were after when they were in the cave. Oopsies. <laughs> no, they took a, they took a plane out. Oh my God. Yeah. When they left there, they, they left in a, in a plane. Yeah. They left the in a plane. trucks. That was how many people there were. They yeah, needed that, was... that many trucks to get that many people out. Yeah. So they end up taking a plane while hijacking a plane from the prison and take themselves and the other British prisoners away from the prison. And they end up hiding out in a cave somewhere, which then we cut back again. There's so many cuts in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. And it's weird. Some of these are really weird transitions. And there's quite a few times that it just felt to me like the art style completely changes. I don't think there was a singular art style in this movie per se. It was very, is very um oh the only word I can describe is eclectic and not eclectic but it was a little bit all over the place but not in a bad way yeah well it was like if you took all of the anime from the eighties and nineties and put it into a blender yeah it had a little bit of everything yeah and <laughs> so speaking of that we're out we're there and then we see our hero and one of the girls on the team uh, was it. Ina. Ina. Ina, yes. Yeah, so she's trying to stop him because she knows he's going to go and raid the base of the freezing force or whatever the hell they're called. And he's ice skating on the frozen lake. Yeah, she goes to say that she's trying to stop him from doing something stupid. And he's like, no, I'm actually not doing something stupid right now. I'm just going out here to think. And then I might do something stupid. Yeah. So they end up having this kind of heart-to-heart chat while skating on the ice, on this ice-ridden lake. Yep. And she's about to fall, and he catches her, and it's like he's got her in a dip and starts getting in close like they're going to kiss. And you see a reflection of flames in the sky. Yes. And so their moment is 
gone. <laughs> when he drops her. Shattered. Yeah. That, that is a mood killer. Um, was there a mood in the first place, though? I think that was all in her head. Well, yeah, but if it's still in her head, suddenly, no, nope, that ain't happening anymore. I don't care what you say. <laughs> you just dropped me on my ass on this hard ice. Nope, I mean, ain't going to happen. He's a firefighter first. <laughs> Where there is a fire, there is he. Gallo. Yeah. <laughs> my toy loving. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. It's that name gets longer as the movie goes. Yes. Because first it's just Gallo. And then you get the last name. And then you start getting all these other bits and pieces. He likes the name stuff. Yes. He loves the name stuff. Yeah. And it, it's like in those early action animes where they have just these insane names for every punch and kick and everything else. That, that's what this was. That's Gallo. <laughs> mm-hmm. He ends up following the, um, tr- he ends up tracing back where the flames basically landed and discover, uh, he tells Aina to go get help, I think. Yeah, go and and dis- get backup or help or whatever. And he discovers the cave with all the burnish inside. Yeah. And gets promptly knocked out. Yes. And at this point, both of us are still like, cool. Okay. We're like expected. Well, it wasn't even like we expected it, but we didn't want to see it. It was like, we expected it and thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't shut him up for long, but you know. No, it didn't. Because he ends up waking up and he's tied up and we see Leo and the other Burnish. And this is when he sees all the little kids and everything else too. This was, and you you even see the look on his face change to where it's like, okay, these aren't just little terrorists. These are kids. These are people. Yes. Basically. Because um, during their conversation, um, Gallo tries to convince Leo that, hey, you, don't, you guys just don't have to burn stuff. And Leo explains to him that it's not that simple. It's not that we do it because we want to. We do it because we have to. Because the flight, because he... We discovered through Leo that he says the flames talk to all the burnish, which is insane. But yeah, this movie never really gets to a point to where you say, okay, now I know the story. You kind of just accept it. Yeah. You kind of just accept what's happening. It's like weird shit just keeps happening. And at some point you just say, fuck it. I give in. Just what are you going to give me next? This movie is very, very (laughs) much that statement. Yeah. Because we have basically a very... I don't want to say depressing. It's a very solemn moment because... um, No, depressing works. Solemn too. Yeah. Because we see after Leo and Gallo argue about what the Burnish do and how to stop it. and Well, Leo is talking to one of his main guys about vehicles so they can all escape and says something about trucks the old guy i think it was one of the other people was talking about this woman that's heavily bandaged and really hasn't moved much since we first saw her when she raised her arm and everybody's like oh my god she's moving yeah but there's like well we can't move her she's she can't travel that way yeah it's it's such a solemn moment because I I almost almost forgot that the moment was preceded by Leo telling Gallo to be quiet because we want to eat quietly and Gallo was just like you eat and he's like of course yeah. we're human we need to yep. eat or we die and it's such a moment of like 
I think it finally kind of got into Gallo's head like, hey, these are actually living, breathing people yeah. who are treated as not even second class citizens. Well, and I think it was like he, they have that conversation. Then he looks over and sees all the kids. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, this whole movie really, it felt a lot like like the whole Holocaust. It, it did. It felt like any, any historically discriminated group that you can think of, it felt yeah. like that. Because these people, these burnish are treated like not even second class citizens. They're treated as something that's like not human. That they're, they're not even treated like animals, really. Exactly. They're just treated as either a problem or as we get to the end, they they start treating them more like things. Yeah, and it's not until you get to the end that you start looking back and realize that all of these times we've seen them captured, we've not really seen them killed. Yes. So they're not trying to like hunt them down. But at the same time, the leader of this freeze force, who we agreed very early on, we just wanted to see die. He even says at one point, or or not at one point, he says quite often that let the judge decide or let the court decide. So it's not like, okay, we're just arresting them and throwing away the key. It makes it sound more like, okay, well... That's not your decision to make. It's the law. Yes. Well, from that point, getting getting back to the girl on the floor, because that after that, they go through with the girl on the floor and who's not moving and basically looks like she's dying and is in need of medical attention. And Gallo tries to um, plead with them to let him help because as a firefighter, he has medical training. And he has first aid kit on his motorcycle. Yes. And... Leo says there's no point. And we end up seeing Leo, um, which con- most confusing scene for a good bit. Now, when you watch towards the ending, you finally understand. But basically, Leo goes over to the girl who's on the ground and um, basically tries to give her some flame. Yeah, it's basically the only way I can describe it is CPR with uh, without the compression, without the compression. Yeah. With flames coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe well, it. I mean, I've seen that same thing in so many different movies where like the two characters kiss and then the lips part a little and you see the light go between them. It's that kind of thing. Like kiss of light, basically. Yeah. And like a transfer of energy. And you see where they show where like the flame goes down into her, into her gut, and then just goes away. And it just, it's, it's not even goes away. It fizzles out. It's yeah. so awful to watch because it fizzles out and what happens next? Me and Graham could never imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you just start seeing this girl. Just turn, turn, to, ash turn to ash and blow and away. It was like, it was after the snap in Avengers. Yeah. And it, it's insane watching the Burnus watch this because they know what's going to happen. But Gallo doesn't. And Gallo's like, you guys knew. And, he, and Leo's just like, this is what it's like to be Burnish. We, we fire our flame until it goes out. And then when it goes out, we turn to Ash. Turn to Ash. Leo goes into a s- small speech about how this is what the burners do. They need to keep burning. You can't stop us from burning. It's what we do. And just the anger that you can instantaneously see on Leo's face. Yeah, it's like, this is who we are. We, and you, we can't do anything about it. This is who we are. And you're just persecuting us for being who we are. Yeah. And so they leave Gallows, Gallows tied, basically, and they end up leaving the cave to go somewhere safe, basically. Yeah. And that's when we see the convoy. Yes. 
oh my goodness there's the, so much yeah and it's like this this part is rough because this is oh. a lot of really heavy stuff yes and i almost forgot about this will be something that i say throughout this episode i almost forgot about how leo tells gallo that cray is using the governor of the city cray is using burnish in human experiments yeah from there um gallo being our matoy burning soul <laughs> matoy goodness gravy matoy loving burning soul epic firefighter that he is our protagonist our hero goes to cray to confront him about the human experimentation. <laughs> well, I mean, this is another one of those on the bingo card things where you have the hero go to his hero thinking, well, this can't be right. I have to make sure that this, like, this isn't right. I have to, I have to ask, I have to hear it from, from the source. I have to verify and make sure. And at the same time, I have to let him know that they escaped because they're terrorists on the loose and he needs to know. Yeah. Yeah. But if we learned anything for this movie, never trust the golden blonde. <laughs> Which is interesting because I've seen so many movies with blondes who are very trustworthy. Not this movie. No. Isn't he the only blonde in this movie? Yes, actually. Golden blonde for sure. Yeah. He was the only golden blonde. <laughs> he was only golden blonde that size and in charge yes i think it was from a, a podcast i listened to a while back if he if he's a pillar of the community he's probably evil yeah <laughs> i mean that's kind of the standard thing is the rich guys that are the pillar of the community everyone looks up to and it turns out that they're the ones behind all the most evil shit going on in town yep well since gallo confronts cray cray tells him the truth about what is behind his human experiments. Yeah, it was almost like the, okay, Bond, now that I've captured you, let me tell you my entire plan. I think it was more like, hey, Gallo, look at this. Don't you see what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to save humanity. Because he tells Gallo that the Earth has, will be, basically will be destroyed by an uncontrollable surge of magma from the Earth's core. Uh -huh. And that he is planning basically this big giant ship that's capable of warp. Yeah, they have a warp drive. And and it creates like a warp. Um, like a wormhole? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, like a wormhole that can tr that can transfer them to or take them to a planet, a viable planet for humanity. Yeah. He also gives the detail that only 10,000 people will be coming and he's choosing those 10,000 people. So that's not even the worst part of his plan. No, because it keeps getting worse. It keeps getting worse and worse because he reveals that to be able to, to have the warp drive, it'll be fueled by the fire of the burnish. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting, though? The first time we see a burnish burn up, well, the first time we see one cook is the cook. Yes. Well, basically, the burnish is the pizza guy that we saw earlier. The mm -hmm. unfortunate, unfortunate pizza guy that we saw earlier. Yeah, the cook gets cooked. <laughs> <laughs> they strap him up into a contraption and turn on this machine that basically steals his flames enough that he burns out, basically, and turns part of his hand turns into ash. Yeah, he, and it was the most horrifying scene to watch. Yeah. Because as soon as they find out that, because they're testing in these two tubes, there there's an empty tube and 
a tube with one of the researchers in it, and it makes a warp gate, and he goes to the warp gate to the other tube, empty tube. And everyone's so happy it worked while this man is suffering. Yep. And, well, don't forget, the one in charge of this project is also the sister of one of his teammates. Yes. The, um, the sister is... Oh, it was Ina's sister, right? Yes, Ina's sister, and I Ellis. am so yes. When we find out the sister is part of the program, uh, Ina's sister is part of the program. After we watch the horridness that is the human, the actual human experiment, we see Gallo objecting to this plan, which Cray's like, "I knew you would." Yeah, and then he gets locked up and say that he's a traitor and a terrorist. Yep. Check that off the list, too. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, we need to create a bingo card. Protagonist gets framed. Yep. By the person in charge. Yep. It's a whole never meet your heroes thing. You did say that during the film because yep. he didn't. Oh, he said he hates him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was so shocked. He's like, I hate you. Yep. And Gala's like, you're my hero. And then proceeds to punch him <laughs> right in the diaphragm. Yeah. There was no love lost there. Never meet your heroes. Yeah. Guys, never meet your heroes. <laughs> Unless so. it's Tom Hanks, then always meet Tom Hanks. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> or Idris Elba. Yeah, I was going to say, or Idris Elba. <laughs> oh, man. And then we Because you always need the surprise dessert. Surprise dessert, indeed. <laughs> was this movie a surprise dessert? No, this movie was more like... This movie was like... A whipped cream pie to the face. Yeah, but it was it was like a magic. It was like a Harry Potter whipped cream that it just kept coming up with new flavors. Yeah, yeah. Is this what's going to be our new thing? We compare movies to desserts. <laughs> <laughs> no, hopefully not. <laughs> so we have another jump. Like we've been jumping all over the place with this conversation. Um, we jump. <laughs> we jump back to the freeze force. Which is awful to cut back to because they're horrible. <laughs> and yet we can't stop laughing. <laughs> I think it's more of an uncomfortable laugh because the next scene is so horrible. Oh, yeah. Because basically we cut to the freeze force tracking down the... The, the escaped hidden, burnish. Yeah, the hidden burnish population. That was probably one of one of the hardest. There, There is another that is, I'd say about equal but it is one of the hardest things in this movie to watch yes because you're watching basically all these people get hunted down like it's a sport well you it just opens up on this it looks kind of like a peaceful slum yes that's that's the definite that's, that's <laughs> definitely the word for it it looked like a slum basically yeah. but it looked peaceful they were all just yeah. going about their day a peaceful slum and then these assholes who are the freeze force come out of literally nowhere because yep. these people were caught unaware and with their ice guns again they basically freeze the entire population and run one. over one of them and crush them and basically because it looks like these slums that grim has described um they it's on like this like big it was like a, um, platform. a freeway overpass yeah but like a platform had, it was kind of like in speed where they were building that bridge overpass that they hadn't finished building yet and the back of it had collapsed so it was yeah. just a platform section of it left like this really high platform and so what does this freeze force do they make it collapse on them yeah and it was just the most shocking thing to see because yeah. these are live people with real lives who are just 
persecuted. And this is also when it's made clear that the leader of this team that we've already decided we don't like does know what's going on instead of him actually thinking they're going to go in front of the court when he's like, oh, no, we need to have them alive. And just he calls them their fuel yeah, source or something like yeah, that. He does call them fuel. It's like, OK, so he's in on it. He's not just somebody taking orders and actually thinking he's just following the law. No, he is an actual scumbag who yeah. doesn't care that these are actual people. And basically, I can't say that I... He got his just desserts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, back to the horribleness that <laughs> is this scene. Basically, they recapture all the British, but um, Leo, Leo, basically, who has the best pyrokinesis out of all of them, yeah. basically unfreezes everyone again. But... Uh-huh. Um, Vulcan, the leader of that Freeze Force team, ends up taking out this weird bullet or something like that, like almost like a weird bullet, shoots it at Leo, and it yeah, freezes Yeah, the bullet him. looks like um, like a snowflake. Yes. Or ice crystals. Yes. Yeah. And they shoot Leo with it, and basically what that, that bullet does is it uses Leo's basically heat or fire to develop ice. Yeah, it uses his body temperature to freeze. So yes. the hotter he gets, the colder the, the bullet freezes him. So, God, from there, they almost recapture Leo, but his mad burnish companions end up, ended up making a basically... An insane the, cannon. The ladder cannon. <laughs> it looks like the ladder cannon again. It was just this gigantic barrel that just shot him through the air and into a volcano. Yes. And unfortunately for Leo, um, the bullet that he got shot with continues to freeze him. Yeah, because he's now in a volcano where it's even hotter. So he's going to be getting hotter and freezing even more. more. Yeah, and I believe it cuts again. <laughs> God. At this point, I'm surprised you remember how many times it's cut to what? Because these cuts start coming just quick. And jumping from one thing to the next and the way things are revealed just starts happening so quick. And yet you never get a sense of, okay, this is what the story is. You always are like, wait, what? You're just there for the ride. Yeah. Essentially. Aina came about and said that he's been gone for a week and doesn't their um, boss basically say, hey, he's been arrested and they say he's a terrorist. Yep. So, lies. All lies. Mm-hmm. And actually, his team, we said that his team wouldn't have his back, but his team actually said, that sounds fishy. Yeah. His team said, that sounds fishy. That doesn't sound like Gallo. Yeah. And I mean, anybody that had listened to him for five minutes would know he's not going to be on the side of anyone starting fires. No, he's he's Gallo, the Matoy-loving, <laughs> burning soul firefighter. Then we come up to the next scene, which is... Them basically melting the popsicle burnish uh-huh. on a conveyor belt. Yep. It's a conveyor belt system of melting the burnish out of their icicle prison. And straight on to basically... Um, a conveyor belt that entraps them in... Their sh- they're, they're shackled to this contraption that basically takes their flames. And it's put into a containment cell and put into a wall like a battery. Yep. They are plugged in like batteries. They are plugged in like batteries into the engine of this colossal ship. Mm-hmm. And about to be used as fuel source for this colossal ship to work. Yes. And it's the worst scene ever because it looks like the conveyor belt of a meat factory. Yeah. 
probably one of the worst scenes I've ever seen. It, it's like it probably the worst much scene. A, an example of they're not humans. Nope. They are they are basically products. Yeah. And then we get to the even worse part, which is <laughs> them testing the engine and the multitude of screaming come from coming from the burnish. Uh-huh. And do they say they were testing? Because I don't remember them saying anything about testing until afterwards. And they, they said the test was successful. Because yeah, I know when that happened, really it's finished. like, holy fuck, they just killed that many people just to test it. I don't know if they killed people or if it's just they started like the ash progress set. Because when you saw in the earlier scene of the guy, te- them testing on the guy with the smaller work gate, he didn't all disappear. It was. Well, no, but they ran, dis- uh, they ran these a lot harder and longer. True. They were actually doing an engine test for the whole thing, not just does the concept work. Yeah. So who knows how many died? They don't really yeah. confirm it. We just hear the horrid screams of the damned. Yes. And continuously hear the horrid screams of the damned. Yeah, it was. They were in the, the burning chambers. Yes. And then we go to our great protagonist who's still trapped in a cell. Yeah. Who is brought a meal by Ida's sister, Ellis, who tells him to just give up and that Gallo basically accuses her of being a horrible human being, which she kind of is at this point. And she states her reason being, Ina, I would do anything to protect my sister, Ina. Basically, she's saying, I am willing to cook thousands of people just to make sure my sister is safe. And Gallo basically fights back with the words of, would she agree with this? Which is a great comeback. Yep. And I didn't expect a movie that had this much action and the insane visuals and everything else to be such a heavy movie. It is a very heavy topic movie because we have basically the attempted genocide of people. A complete dehumanization of people and attempted genocide. The intense discrimination of humans, people who are considered human. Yeah, a very lopsided class base. Yes. With we, who's, who's got power and we see who a group doesn't matter. Who, we see a group who's trying to give out their message, but being called radi- radical terrorists instead. Yeah, and not even necessarily that, but just people that are just trying to live their lives and not hurting anybody. Who are just doing what they, they can't even control what they do. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insane. And watching that these people um, just they just want to live and survive, and to be denied that is insane. Uh-huh. We go back to um, Leo, unfortunate Leo, who's still trying to fight his ice prison. Oh yeah, okay. Because he's encased as ice because of this weird bullet. It's not really explained, but you kind of can get it. So Leo, basically, you see him getting so angry about the abuse towards his people. And he unleashes like this really big giant flame that burns through so much of the land. Oh yeah, and, and that he, was the one that wasn't that the one when it first happened. It's like okay, that looks like something from Bleach. Yes, because you saw that, and then you saw saw like it turned into another face, and then an animal or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like all his flames kind of combine and surround him into this giant flame dragon, which was amazing. While he's screaming, Cray, <laughs> foresight, and basically he burns through whatever land is between the volcano and the city of, um, God, what is the city? Pro, pro, oh. What, what was the name of the movie? 
No, the city. Yeah, but what was the name of the movie? Promare. So it was Promopolis? Promopolis, thank you so much, because I looked at the name and froze. So basically, Leo threatens (laughs) Promopolis. Crap. So basically, Leo burns the area between the volcano that he got shot at. And Promopolis. And and Promopolis. And basically, once his great fire dragon, giant fire dragon gets to Promopolis, you can hear his voice through whatever production his powers give him. Yeah, and it is an amazing dragon. It is a very cool dragon. It is insane. And it's destroying everything. Yeah. And basically, he state basically projecting his voice, Leo states that Cray either gives back his people or he'll burn everything down in Promopolis. Yeah, it was a let my people go. Yes. Apparently, Leo destroys enough to where he destroys the place that Gallo is imprisoned in. Yep. So now Gallo is free. And he ends up meeting back with the with Burning Rescue. Yep. With his ass on fire. Yeah. Running next to an emergency vehicle, not a parked oh, one. Oh my god. But goodness. he was keeping up with his car. I totally forgot <laughs> that he was running next because um Burning Rescue basically comes in the city trying to control the fires uh-huh. that Leo is causing. Yeah, that's how they met back up. It wasn't they came looking for him. They came to put out the fires. And randomly, Gallo, Gallo Matoy uh-huh. loving, soul <laughs> burning soul firefighter running next to a moving vehicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and see, when I first saw it, it looked like he was trying to run away from the flame. Maybe like he was trying. He was running fast because the flame was closing in on him. That's what I thought. No. And then you look out the window, and his ass is on fire. And apparently they had a real struggle putting his ass out. Yeah, they dumped quite a bit of fire retardant stuff on him. Some <laughs> kind of bad. goo. And, yeah. Is it bad that I thought that he gained fire pa- pyrokinetic powers for like one second because <laughs> he took so long to put the fire out? <laughs> no, it, whole- it, it was a um, light my fart joke got, gone wrong. Um, I really thought it's like, oh, did he get his powers? But it's like coming out of his <laughs> <laughs> Coming out of the wrong hole. <laughs> well, Nope, it was just him with his ass on fire, and apparently he was fine after that. Yeah, it didn't seem to burn him. Yeah. We cut back to Leo's dragon, who is, I think, confronting Cray Foresight. Yeah, he was confronting him at the time, and then Gallo decides he's going to interrupt. Yeah, so Burning Rescue gives Gallo another Matoy mech suit. Yep. Because he is the Matoy-loving... <laughs> Soul burning firefighter that he is. He goes back into his Matoy mech suit and basically he gets shot out of the ladder cannon again. Yep. Right into the fire, the giant fire dragon's face containing Leo. And they're shot out into the distance. Yeah. And shot right into the plane that Ina drives. Yeah. So excitement aside from the mental configuration of. Gallo being in his Matoy mech suit, the extra, the spare one, by the way. Yeah. The spare Matoy mech suit into the ladder cannon, shot into the fire dragon's face to Leo and out into the plane. They land into the back of the plane. I'm sure there's many details in between that, but that's generally what happened. Mm, yeah. And then we, we see Cray and he does some weird shit with his hands. 
And again, we get back to Gallo and Leo fighting in the back of this plane. Quite epically, might I add. Mm -hmm. Leo is still incredibly on fire. Yeah. And Ida, having enough of their shit, opens the Bombay doors. And drops them into the middle of the frozen lake that we saw earlier. Yep. Which promptly evaporates. That was the craziest thing to watch because I thought it was just going to melt. I didn't think it would evaporate. Yeah, he was burning that hot that he evaporated an entire lake. It was insane. Yeah. And then the movie took the ultimate twist that me and Grim could never have guessed. And we were so well, shocked by. It took another twist we could never have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give us the benefit of the doubt. We were guessing correctly on some things it's just this one we were just like what oh no we we never guessed how the story was gonna go it was always the the standard tropes like okay your hero's gonna do this they're gonna at this point they're gonna team up or those kind of things the those it was hitting all those plot points but the story never we could figure out what was going on no we just we were along for the ride they find this weird structure. I can't say anything but structure. Well, I think they even said that it's a structure. I don't think they even knew what the hell it was. And it was dry. Yes. But I don't know if it was dry. dry because they evaporated all the water completely. Or if it was dry because whatever this was made out of just didn't get wet while under a lake. Yeah. I don't know. Either way. Either way. Damn. Damn. They end up at the bottom of the lake with that structure that later is discovered to be a laboratory. They end up meeting this weird holographic person Uh who opens like a trap door that leads down into this laboratory. Um, The holographic projection ends up telling them that he is Deus Prometh, which is a scientist who made all the um, technology to basically fight the burnish. But you also find out that he was killed by Cray Foresight. Yep. Well, he made all the technology used to capture him, but he wasn't happy about wh- how it was being used and wasn't happy about what Cray's plan was. Because he, the um, engine that uses the um, burnish as basically fuel was incomplete. Um, incomplete, but also it was originally made by him, Dave. Yeah. Um, but he did not think it was ethical to use burnish as fuel. I agree. Which, how could you not agree? Well, I just wanted it to be on record. (laughs) (laughs) I've said some shit that could really sound weird already, so I want it on record. Let it be on record that it's not Grim and Kana approved. (laughs) Yeah, that that does not get the the stamp of approval. From us. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, so... Days Prometh explains that um, uh, that the burnish basically there's a lot, guys. I'm gonna I'm trying my best. That the burnish are basically people who can communicate with the Promare, which we he describes them as a a race of interdimensional flames that are in the Earth's core. Well, their energy appears to us as fire. Yes, their energy appears to us as fire, but. It's they're, really a living being. Yeah, they're beings that reside in the Earth's core after a dimensional rift opened before the Great World Blaze. So now these beings yeah, from a the different dimension... Yeah, the rift is what call, caused the blaze. Yeah, so the Promare, like Grimm said, they we 
the people on Earth see them as these flames. Yeah. The rift opened, they came through, and certain people on the planet resonated with their energy, and it manifested in what appeared to us as fire. Yes, so that's what caused the burnish. Yeah. Goodness gravy. It's a lot. So the burn, why the burnish burn is because the Promare want to burn. Yes. So he explains to Gallo, Ina, and Leo that the surging magma that wants to destroy the world is a side effect of the Promare to the pain of the burnish during the human experiment. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically Craig's fault. Yeah. Because um, he's using the technology that Dave made for the freaking engine. Yeah. He's powering the the engine on the ship so with burnish to create a wormhole large enough to make the ship go to a different planet and the pain of all the burnish burning is making the promare in the core surge in reaction to the pain yes and the more he tortures them the, the faster the faster it surges and the less time the earth has before it burns yes and the whole reason that this is happening is because the technology that crazy thing is incomplete. Yeah. And at this point, it's like, okay, does he know that what's going on is because of him? Yeah. But he or is he just trying to escape? Is he just, is he just an asshole and a coward or is he an asshole and just an utter scumbag because he knows. And at this point, you're not sure. Confirmation, he's a grade-eight asshole. Well, yeah, either way, he's still an asshole. Yeah, grade-eight asshole. Yeah. But, yeah, no, we don't, we haven't confirmed by this point if he knows that what he's doing is causing the earth to, the earth, the magma that's going to cause the Earth's destruction to rapidly progress. Yeah. But Deus ends with that, and then he chooses Leo and Gallo to pilot his literally deus ex machina yeah that's the literal name of the machine mm -hmm. but it's also the literal deus ex machina yeah well i mean one of the days is ex machina that we see in this movie which <laughs> i was so happy to see it look like Baymax. <laughs> and it was like every time you think you know what's going on suddenly the rugs pulled right out from under you you never know what's coming next <laughs> well <laughs> like this conversation <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, the Deus Ex Machina is run by basically a burnish, which is Leo, and it's controlled by Gallo, which I don't know if that's a great decision. Um, I mean, you need the power, so you need Leo. So you kind of have to have Gallo controlling, but him being a heads down charge in type makes it tough. I'm just saying I know it's right there. <laughs> yeah, but you need to have your two guys team up and them being such polar opposites, having them as a team. It was basically destiny. Yeah. It was basically destiny has spoken and said it that. Oh, Gallo and there's a lot it. more destiny going on with these two th from this point. Gallo and Leo take this mech called Deus Ex Machina to confront Cray Forsyth. And it is the craziest thing ever because they arrive on the ship Mm -hmm. And proceed, because, oh, and even before that, Cray Forsyth's just like, let's go. We need to go. Yeah. And we're thinking, okay, so the sister, is she actually, now that she knows all of what's going on, is she actually going to do this? And he says to start the engine, and she does it. Yes. They start the engines because there's 10,000 people who are needed 
to colonize another planet are on there. Yeah. You think, okay, she's going to have that change of heart moment and she starts the engines. Yep. Shockingly, I Ellis starts up the engine and we were both disappointed. Yeah. We were momentarily both supremely disappointed. It was like a shock. Well, because she like, she was just like, so hor- she sounded really horrified. Uh-huh. And she was horrified. There was that pause, like she was going to say something else or walk off or well, something. Because like he, he said like, hey, start it. We're not waiting for your sister. And she's like, I should have never trusted you. And she starts it anyway. Yep. And it's just a shocking scene. Uh-huh. Then your ears meet the sounds, the screams of the damned again. With the yes. engine turning on. Cause it's and people. this one was bad. Yes, because it just echoes horridly. And, and not only that, but the size of the chamber or the size of just the area that you see all these people in their little individual chambers. It's like hundreds of people. Yeah. It's like looking at it, it's like, you know, there's got to be thousands just to make sure that these few survive and they're just being burned alive. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a heavy movie. I can't comfortable to think about. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then from there, we have Deus Ex Machina trying to destroy the ship. Yeah, because he's got he's to gotta get in and destroy it so that the engines don't work. And Cray Forsyth, who is fed up, he hates Gallows. Yeah. God, he hates Gallows. He's like, you're still here. What the hell? Yeah, it's like when you're at a picnic and that one fly just keeps buzzing around your head. That is truly what probably he thinks of Gallows. Like that. No, he called him a cancer. Oh my God. Yeah. I just remembered. He uh-huh. called him a cancer. Yep. Which I don't know what I would do if someone's like, you're a cancer in my life. I'd be like, damn, shit. Do I, am I that annoying? Like the way that he. Especially says, from somebody that was your hero. Well, Leo and Gallo piss him off enough for him to get in his own mech suit. Yeah. And it was a nice little flip from as far as at least US movies where. The, you have the white hats and the black hats, and the, the black hats are the villains. This was, the black suit was the good guys, and the white suit was the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my God. That mech suit, that mech fight was insane, oh, though. yeah. It, I can't even, like, describe the fight to our audience. It was insane. I couldn't describe it as I was watching it. <laughs> I mean, suddenly, like, weapons are coming out of nowhere. There was the, what was the, the, the one that was, oh, genocide agriculture thing or whatever? Um, it was, what was it? It was, um, <laughs> it was pulverizing pile drivers? No. No, no. The genocide cultivation yes, beam. genocide cultivation beam kills everything it hits, but makes it so you can cultivate the land. Yeah, so it anything hit by it is reverted to dirt. Yeah. Basically, it was for terraforming. Yep. But he's like, I didn't think I would have to use this. And yet he did and blasted a large section of the city. Yeah, like two skyscraper buildings. And it wasn't just like the city that he's leaving. It was a city in the ship. And then he starts bringing out like so many other weapons during this. Yeah, that was there was the pulverizing one. There was weapons on both sides. And every weapon had its own interesting name. 
Yes. Our heroes' weapons names and names for their individual punches and kicks were oddly creative. They were and very insanely stupid. creative and insanely stupid too. Yeah. As they're fighting with, oh, what was what did what name did he give the Crazer X? As they're fighting, yeah, that was a cool name, Crazer X, which is the the um the mech that Crazen Gallo has the the gall to complain about the design of the mech. Yeah. I was flabbergasted. Uh-huh. But and yet, what happens? Next was so cool. Because <laughs> Leo uses his um, powers to create burning burnish armor uh-huh. around the mech that he puts around himself, but he puts it around the whole mech. And that's when we have the white and black. And that was the coolest transformation I've ever seen oh, in my yeah. life. That was one of the coolest transformations I've ever seen. And officially, the name transforms into... Um, what was it? Deus Ex Machina, um, Leo, Leo de Gal- Gallon, I think. Uh, Le- Leo de Gallo? Or, yeah. Gallon. Yeah, Leo de Gallon. It was, everything had to have a name. Yes. Everything <laughs> had to have a name. And I will not spoil those names for you guys because they are insane. But now we officially have our... Mick battle. <laughs> no, our Gal- Gallon, who is our Meto... Matori, oh, yeah. loving, soul-burning firefighter in the Deus Ex Machina mech. No, the Deus Ex Machina Leo de Gallon mech. <laughs> <sighs> that could have also been named Deus Ex Machina Gallo de Lion. <laughs> yeah, but he decided he'd be nice. And let Leo have the first part. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Matori. Matoi. Goodness gravy. And then from there, they... um. They, they're just fighting, and there's so much going on on the sidelines. Yeah, it gets like, it cuts back and forth between their fight and the fight and, between the rest of his team and the Freeze yeah. Force team, and just all kinds of shit going on everywhere. And it's just insane. It is just insane. But one of the best things that happened in it was Gallo <laughs> complaining that he doesn't have a Matoy, and Leo being the absolute best. He makes this amazing the weapon. The coolest Matoy I've oh, ever man. seen in my entire life. It, it is just, I couldn't imagine a cooler looking weapon for that mech. I, it was the coolest. I, guys, I can't even describe. We can't, <laughs> we can't describe to you how cool this weapon was. How <laughs> epic this weapon was. Like, it was so cool. <laughs> that this, this last part with this mech fight was so amazing because it ends with Gallo and Leon in the Deus Ex Machina burnt basically at a standstill with Crazer X. And I think Crazer X froze their whole mech suit and they basically melted Craze mech suit. And it creates this like stunning picture. I'm trying to remember how did their mech suit get destroyed? Because um Cray had a um Oh, it was that ultimate beam. freezing type yeah, beam. Absolute- yeah absolute zero beam or something like that yeah that that as soon as he says said what it is and what it does like well why couldn't you have used that on the core so yes, they you could say him. everything and then they ask him the same question and they're and he's like idiot this thing can't withstand the core's temperature yeah you have to get to you have to get within distance and this thing can't get to that temperature and they tried him for like you could have done something you could have tried yeah and he's just like, that wasn't my plan, and my plan's better. Yep. And then there's like, you just want to leave. Admit it. You've always just wanted to leave. 
And then he says, like, I'm gonna, like, a wannabe Jesus Christ, <laughs> thinking he's the savior of humanity. He's like, I will lead, like, kind of, I will lead humanity into Yeah, I will usher era. these people into a new age. Yes. Yeah. Like, the crazy, genocidal maniac he uh-huh. is. Like, he's one step away from being a cult leader. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if I would say a step away. He is just a cult leader. Yeah. Yeah. Just in more of a political way than a weird religious Religious type way. way. Yeah. The whole mech battle ends with them at a standstill and both mechs destroyed enough to where they're out of their mechs again. Yeah. And Cray Foresight reveals the biggest twist, which isn't the biggest twist of them all, but. Well, no, because that's when we find out that I was right and he's a burnish. Yeah, he's a burnish and apparently a really powerful one. Yes. Because the badass burnish that we thought leo was is nothing compared to him yeah and so from there they get their shit rocked by cray cray foresight yeah and he has leo and it's like he's sucking out his fire like he's absorbing it or something um i don't know if he's absorbing it or not I mean, that's I what it looked like it was like yeah. he was he was taking it away from him yeah and it was weakening him and then he tries to burn gallo and Leo uses his fire to protect, to protect him. him. Don't meet your heroes, guys. And don't trust Golden Blondes. <laughs> I have nothing against Golden Blondes. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> this one in particular, that's a different story. <laughs> We've learned two lessons from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust important. people that can just burn you that happen to be Golden Blondes. Oh, no, it's Never Meet Your Heroes. Yeah. And Don't Just Golden Blob. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, with that horrible realization, Gallo gets launched off whatever platform they're on by Cray Foresight. And Cray Foresight, in what I can say is the machinations of a maniac, decides that Leo can be the main core of his engine still. Yeah. I was trying to figure out, is this the point when you decide the machinations of a maniac as opposed to anything else he's done? (laughs) (laughs) Or or if there was something else that I was missing. He more fits the look at this point. He looks wild. Oh, yeah. He turns into proper mad scientist. Yes. And poor Leo is put into the center of the engine, Uh which, by the way, all the burnish are still stuck in. Yep. And Cray, being the asshole that he is, turns it back on. Well, okay. So you forgot to mention that it went off because the engine's overloaded. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And then we find out that the sister had turned up the engines so they would overload. So she was cooking the people faster in order to <laughs> stop the ship. Yes. So I forgot that really important detail. In a way where you think, okay, yeah, she stopped them. She still did it in a horrific way. In a horrific and sped up the magma that's going to destroy the world. Yeah, there's that too. So, I mean, is the thought that counts? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not in this case. Well, she tried. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out like, how do we feel about the character? And, um, and is, is that still kind of crossing a line or is it the only thing she could have done 
in order to make sure that even if these people are going to die, he's not going to get away with it. Because either way, they're going to die. Oh, I still think Ellis is a terrible human being. Oh, yes. Like, hands down. Nothing that she will do will... She's already been in those experiments too many times and knows what they do. Yeah, no. She forever will be a, a horrible human being. Yes. But she did the best in that situation of what she could have. Yeah. I don't think there's anything different that she could have done. Cause basically it's like, we thought she was going to have that change of heart moment and she turned the engines on anyway. So both of us were like, Oh, I can't believe she did that. Mm-hmm. But then when you find out, it's like, Oh, is that, does that make up for it? No, N- not all the other stuff, but does that make up for actually turning them on? And that's kind of a rough one. I still don't think it makes up for it because like, it's still, she put herself in that situation. Well, yeah. It's just, it's just how you always, not always, but you tend to have the the one character that has the change of heart and tries to redeem themselves. And yes, they put themselves into the situation and done all kinds of horrendous things. But in the end, they came around. Is that enough? And I I have a really hard time with this one. I am of the thought that there is no possible redemption at this point. There is only do or don't for her. Yeah. Like there's, there's no possible, like even if she had a change of heart and didn't turn on the machine she's still there's that's not a redemption for her it's just the right thing to do as a human being yeah but what i mean it's like she had been making the wrong decision for so long does her coming finally coming around it's like no this isn't right oh no i just don't yeah. think there's any redemption for her like even if she even if what she did helped that's not a redemption for her that's just her finally doing the right thing yeah and that's what i'm saying it's kind of like there's really no redeeming what you've done so it's like, if I don't do this, someone else is going to, and they're going to die. If I do it this way, at least their deaths aren't in vain. Yeah. So it's like, as much as I hated the fact that she did it, it's kind of one of those like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine. If you're going mean, to do it, at least do it that way. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think everyone died in that engine Well, no, either. because they were still alive when they powered it back on with leo which is where we were when i took us off on that other rant (laughs) it's fine it's fine we're gonna we'll get back on train again we'll we'll get back we'll get get, back on track um i guess at this point with our with our chair theme we'll we we somehow got out of our chairs and landed on the floor like somehow some way we're back on our chairs again huh i don't know (laughs) it's like what our chair thing what are you talking about our little picture for our podcast oh yeah those director chairs, we, we kind of okay, left we, those we, chairs. We have fallen out of our chairs and have been We've rolling around on the floor trying to figure <laughs> out how to get back into our chairs. And now we're back and sitting where we need to be. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, back on those chairs again. At um, least this time it was you going off in a weird direction and losing me instead of me doing that to you. I guess. Back on our chairs, <laughs> back on our chairs again. Um. Leo is now in the center of the um, the engine, and Cray, the asshole, has turned it back on. Gallo ends up being found by Burning Rescue, and there he discovers that um, Leo's flame protected him. Yeah. And the true protagonist he is, he's like, I have to go save Leo. Yep. And because like, that's he's he is the rescuer. Nobody dies. It doesn't matter because he's going to save everybody. Yes, because he's a Matoy-loving, soul-burning firefighter. <laughs> oh, you love that, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> but he basically, again, gets shot 
Again, I think. God, there's so many times he's getting shot out of this ladder. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He launched. He's launched out of things a lot in this movie. Yes, and he's launched right into the engine center, right? Yes, because this is they saved the sister from the freeze force. By the way, the sister was getting chased by the freeze force. And this time is when he's launched in the Mega Man suit with a drill on his head, so he can drill through everything and get into the engine room. Yes. God, his mechs get destroyed so often. And so easy. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he has the first mech that he started with. Uh-huh. And then the backup Matoy mech. Uh-huh. That he launched at Leo's giant flaming dragon. Yeah. And then now he has this one that he launches with a drill on his head. Well, remember the other one that the ex machina whatever, that one has been destroyed. Yes. Every mech he's been in has been destroyed. Even this drill one that he's in now gets destroyed. Yes, but he does destroy the whole engine. He does power down the whole engine yes. as a result. Yes, so he does end up saving people in the yes, process. Technically. Yeah. And Cray is obviously pissed when that happens. Well, yeah. I mean, years of awful, awful planning. Yeah. Destroyed it, by, by a kid. A cancer. <laughs> cancerous yeah a cancerous <laughs> blue-haired protagonist that you absolutely apparently hate more than anyone apparently cray is obviously pissed and goes to attack gallon again gallo again and tries to basically incinerate him yep and but doesn't it doesn't work. work because of the power of leo's flame the power of <laughs> the power of leo's desire to protect gallo <laughs> the power of um the power of leo's flame yep <laughs> <laughs> so cray doesn't cray doesn't incinerate him and gallo gives him the punch of a, the century backed by leo's flame oh yeah it's like just a quick jab like i don't even know if there was a if it was two punch but he just quick shot and the guy's down oh yeah and while he's while he says that he makes his big speech on how he's going to put out the um put out the fires yeah put out the earth's core yeah, he's gonna put out the fire, save the save the world, save him, save you. He was gonna make sure everybody was saved, including Cray. Yes, because he's gonna put out his ambition. Yeah, with his burning soul. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Again, with the burning soul. Yes, it has to be mentioned. Mm hmm. It's very important. Yes. Cray is obviously down for the count. Yeah, it was like if that's all it took, how did he take you guys out so easy earlier? Because they didn't have the power of friendship. The special flame wasn't there yet. Speaking of special flame. <laughs> mm-hmm. After Gallo solidly punches Cray in the face, wherever, I don't remember, but solidly knocks out Cray, he panically goes to Leo, who is turning to ash. ash and is actively dying. Gallo tries And what to, did I say? Huh? And what did I say when this happened? Kiss of life? Is he going to try and somehow transfer that flame back into him? Yes, which he starts doing with the flame in his hand, trying to give Leo CPR by yep. doing chest compressions. And that did not work. That does not work. And so what is the other half of CPR? <laughs> he gave kiss him the kiss of life. <laughs> Basically he swallowed the, kiss of the life. flame and then gave him the kiss of life and transferred the flame back into him. 
Yes. Which was another turn that we did not expect until suddenly you just see it happening and it's like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And this is why I understand people pair them now. <laughs> this is why I understand. Well, this is one of the reasons. After this happened, everything else is like, okay, yep, I see it. Yep, I see it. <laughs> yep. And it goes back to the whole destiny thing and them having to be together. Cupid has a weird way of putting people together. Yeah, if this was like just Cupid's way of just connecting these two, Cupid's a dick. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people had to suffer just so those two can get together. Come on, man. (laughs) You need to get better arrows. I mean, (laughs) love works in mysterious ways. (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) If If that's what it takes, I'll be single. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not... (laughs) specifically stated there but there's undertones very weird it's never it's never like now they are in love especially when it's like did you just save me and oh my god what did i do oh he said he's like i put a i i sparked a fire yeah (laughs) and he's freaking out about that um Now the earth is going to shit. Guys, this is this is an endurance run. This isn't this isn't a sprint. This is an endurance run. Yeah. That we're taking you on. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a, a real endurance run when I'm editing. Yeah, good luck. Whew. Yeah. I got my work cut out for me. What's really <laughs> gonna be fun though is the extended cut of this. Yeah. Cause I'm gonna leave a lot of this in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh <laughs> back on the chair, guys. <laughs> Um, obviously Gallo is ecstatic that Leo's alive. The earth is going to shit. And Leo mentions that the Promare told him how to save the world, which is letting everything burn. Yeah. And not just letting it burn, but helping it, causing it. Yes. But also with, this is so hard to explain. The the machine is complete this time. So instead of it burning the the people up it just harnesses the energy and it sucks all the heat basically from the universe it takes the heat from the planets the sun everywhere yes and burns the earth so the promare can now do the final great burn so they can get back into their own universe yeah because the promare can burn completely satisfying their urge and then cause the rift to close. It's a lot, guys. And there was yeah. also a lot of Leo's desire to burn everything down and Gallo's desire to save everyone in the world. So they become and a new Deus Ex Machina Gallo de Leo. Actually, I think from there it is actually yeah, it, it's Gal it it's um Gallo de Leon that yeah. time around. It's not Leo de Gallon. Yeah. Yeah. And they saved the world. Well, yeah, they released an energy that turned into a heart, which saved the world. Yes, that was a very power of love because power the friendship. shapes, the shapes of this flame changed a couple times, but there was a definite heart there. <laughs> pretty much one of the first shapes you see. Yeah, it's pretty much one of those first shapes yeah. you see, and then they transform into Deus Ex Machina, Gallo Day Lion. Yep, and save the world. Through burning it down. Yeah. You know, love burns like a flame. (laughs) (laughs) That was the worst thing you've ever said. (laughs) (laughs) You have to keep that in. That's so 
It's so done. <laughs> I, I'm just so shocked that came out of your mouth. Well, I mean, look at where this movie has gone. From? <laughs> it went from, oh my God, can we really sit through the rest of this movie? Or do we just call it quits and watch something else? To, oh my God, I'm so glad we watched this movie. Yeah. And in so many different ways. And we're at a point where it's like, there's definite love theme and it's burning. So what did you expect me to say? Don't know. <laughs> but yay, hurrah, they saved the world. And the burnish are no longer burning. Yep. It took all of the otherworldly creatures back and no more resonation to cause burnish. Yep. And Cray Forsyth has officially lost and he's he's not happy about the world being saved. Nope. I believe he tells Leo this wasn't supposed to happen this way or something like that. Yeah. We get happy and And we also find we have also found out that he knew that he was causing that to speed up by what he yes. was doing. Yeah. He just didn't care. He just didn't care. Because he thinks their the human's destiny was to leave. Yep. And it was his destiny to, destiny to lead them. Yes. But he lost, so whatever. Oh, that's the power of love. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it went from power, or it went from um, Schindler's List, the anime, to the power of love. Obviously, like I said, this anime movie was an experience, not just a movie, an experience. Yes. It, it, was, it was a marathon. Um, this was an endurance run. <laughs> and I don't know if we did it in the best time, um, but we tried. In the best time? N- no, because we went way off the rails multiple times. Did we do it justice and, and what we could say about it? Probably not, because I don't know if you can. Yeah, no, it's... I don't think you can fully describe what this movie gives you, basically. Yeah. Like, what it presents to you. I mean, I'm scared to ask, because, I mean, there's so much. What's a standout moment for you? Um, A standout moment, probably, for me, would be... There's two scenes that comes to mind. It's the girl turning into Ash, and the screams of the dam when they first turn on that machine. <sighs> yeah. Are there scenes that I liked? No, but did they stand out in the most horrific way possible? Yes. Yeah. What about you? I was trying to be a little bit more cheerful with it, and then you slapped me back down to reality. You can be cheerful with it. Well, because initially I was thinking when... I can just be the Debbie Downer. (laughs) Well, no, and I I completely agree with what you're saying, and it kind of made me rethink where I was going, because that does stand out quite a bit more. But my initial thought was that when he just strikes that pose after creating the weapon. That was a really good one, actually. I will give you that. When they make the the big metoy. Yeah. When they were in the same there was suit. There was that or that one shot when I said that would be a great wallpaper when the two mechs were face to face and basically just both destroyed. Like one was frozen and the other was whatever happened. Yeah, that, where they were kind of frozen and melted together. Yeah. Those two shots were just breathtaking. Yes. But as far as standout moments in the movie, it's like, okay, those were two really cool shots. But the standout stuff was like the the conveyor belt. Yes. The, the when they, not, not, yeah, the first when they, they cook the cook, but more, not even 
when they f- did the screams, but when you see them just being plugged in. Yes. And yeah, the screams were horrific and everything, but just that, seeing them just plugged in like batteries, how it's like, okay, yeah, n- like no big deal. Like the biggest dehumanization that you've ever yeah. seen. I, it's, there's so much cool stuff, but that's really, the, that's the standout. Because I think that's what makes this movie really stand out. Because you, yeah, you could really you take away movie. that stuff, still get give, give some kind of a reason to fight. But you take away that stuff, and you got the mech battles and everything else. That's still a cool movie. Yeah, it's just a very typical anime movie, though. Yeah, and, and this then wasn't throwing typical. this in, it just turns it into something completely different. Yes. No, it's all those horrific scenes stood out, but they they made the story what it was. It was something. It just took it up to another level. Yeah, and it's like as these things were going on, both of us were just like, "Oh my god, this is just horrible." And yet, by the end of the movie, we had yeah, we still knew about the horrible stuff, but we were just we were jazzed because we had just seen that amazing mech battle and the other fights, and it's like, "Holy crap, that was just awesome." Yeah. But now we're going back and it's like the awesomeness kind of is a very strong metaphor for coming out of that kind of dark way of thinking. Yeah, because you have you have those absolutely dark, solemn, depressing, almost disgusting moments at times. But then you have like the ending where they're fighting back. They're getting what they're they are putting. They're taking a stand. They are getting back what they lost and they end up winning. Yeah. And more than anything, staying true to themselves as well. It's insane to watch a movie and have such an emotional roller coaster because you feel so elated at different points. And actually, you feel kind of um, like if you didn't really like the protagonist, like if you didn't like Gallo, you feel annoyed at some points. You're just like, is there mm-hmm. any deeper, is there any more, there's not like a deep meaning to the protagonist. And given Gallo really wasn't like a very insanely deep character. No. And but Leo was that Leo was like the yes. very deep character, and that balances out because we have someone who is very naive and doesn't understand the world in the way that someone who is discriminated against, discriminated and persecuted against, and those two together, it's really you see it as like someone who's like basically the um, embodiment of like hope, like of yeah. something brighter, a brighter future. Yeah. And then you look at Leo, who is of the present, who is fighting and has to drudge through He has to believe in hope, even though he doesn't see any hope. Yeah, because his people are being persecuted and there's nothing, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, but Gala was that light at the end of the tunnel, basically. It's almost like he had, he didn't see any hope, but he had to become hope for the rest of his people. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, um, and also if you look at like the, everything is just bright and vibrant, but then when you see Cray's world, everything is dark mm-hmm. and you, it's like, there's colors there, but all of them are dark. And then you have, as far as the chambers where the burnish are in, you have the bright blues and bright purples as they're burning. Yes. In contrast to the container cells, dark container yeah. cells that they're in. Yeah, Cray so is I mean, in a very dark world. Yeah, and I mean, at the point where we were in the week, and you can even compare it with, like, Kray's mech suit and um, their mech suit. Like, even though it was black, it was really colorful. Yeah, but see, that was one of the things that I I wondered about, because I know colors are different in different countries. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I know that's why earlier I said, like, as far as Western, Western world movies, the black hat and white hat, you know, the, the bad guy's going to be in the black hat. Mm-hmm. So, and then it changed when it's no longer cowboys into like suits and everything. Well, the black suit and the white suit, you still had that. And then this, it was swapped. But I don't know as far as the color there, if that's that same thing, but just opposite of what it is here. Um. Because I know there's certain colors like yellows mean something different there than they mean here and, and reds. And so I didn't know if that was the same type of thing. Just like I said, just a different, like a swapped meaning. I mean, it's hard because um, the only thing that I can think of, uh, um, I know sometimes it depends on the, um, I think it depends on the area. I know sometimes white is used in um it's sometimes used in funerals. I remember. I think. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like I know there's different things for different color, or different colors mean different things in different places. And it, white being a funeral color, that would make sense why his was a white mech suit. But I also think black is also associated with mourning too. It's it's kind of hard because yeah, like there's multiple meanings of stuff. And and not only that, but things are so regional, especially when you start getting there. I mean, language, everything is. So different, just down the street. Yeah. So it's so hard, not, but like not knowing specifically where the story was out of, or the artists, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, let us know. Yeah, and comment let us know. and tell tell us if you have any idea. I just I know there's different meanings, and I just didn't know if that was one of them. But I I I couldn't help but notice the the white and black being opposite of what it was here. Yeah, which was interesting. I did like how the Deus Ex Machina mask, how it was a, like a split color, though. Oh, between him and um, yeah. um, Gallo? Yeah. Between Leo and Gallo? Yeah. Yeah, I think the movie was just fantastic, honestly. From the visuals to the story to the voice acting, it was really good voice acting, too. Which I was amazed that I picked picked out that one. We did not discuss the music, though. The music was oh my God. fantastic. There were so many times when it's like, okay, yeah, there's music, but then suddenly there's a change and the change in the tone of music just perfectly fit with what was going on. Yeah, no, it was amazing. And I absolutely want to listen to the whole album. Oh, yeah. This is like, I could just sit and listen to the soundtrack and not even worry about the movie. Yeah. But like, I liked how when Leah was going in that dragon and was going through town burning everything up and you had this intense music when you have all the battles and then it cuts to him just going to try and find cray and suddenly you get just this really sad like piano i think it was but it was just a really sad feeling music and then he finds cray or something else happens and then the tone completely shifts again into that upbeat or not upbeat but the faster beat intense like in a battle yes And it just, it kind of reminded you, there is a lot of pain in this. Yeah. I I think another great musical choice was when um, Gallo had Leo's flame in his hand against Prey. And the rock music started Oh, yeah, when he was trying to incinerate him and he was just standing there holding holding his hand up and slowly walking towards him. Yeah, and the rock music started playing. It was very epic. Yeah. Very cool. I can't oh. think of anything in this movie where something felt out of place. I wouldn't change anything about this movie. This movie was 
a surprising surprisingly a really great experience yeah i i was blown away yeah it was it's a very i think it's a very good movie to introduce to someone who doesn't really watch anime to watch it it's a very good movie yeah i can see that or like if you even even for seasons anime watchers if you haven't seen promare it is such a good watch i i am gonna say though i'm glad that you decided to go with the english version because i have an issue with watching movies with subtitles where i want to see what's going on on the screen so if i'm if I'm trying to read the subtitles, I feel like I could miss something that's on the screen. So the first time I watch anything, I try and watch it in English first. So that way I can just pay attention to what's happening and I don't feel like I've missed something. And then I can go back and watch it again in the original language. Oh, no, I totally get it. It's, and I would with rather this, watch I'm so glad you said to do the English one because so much was going on on the screen that, yeah, I was glancing down at the subtitles like for names and stuff, but I couldn't imagine trying to keep up with everything that was going on, especially in the mech battle scenes while trying to read what's being said. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I always recommend the dub is because sometimes as well, there is figures of speech that you get from the English that you'll never get from the Japanese because they have their own way of saying things and we have our own way of saying yeah. things. And I think it's better to watch an English version because nowadays dub is so good. It's not like it was back in like the 90s. Uh, we got off the chair again and rolled off yeah. into oblivion. Well, yeah. But anyway. And I'm getting sleepy. <laughs> again, we're not competent. No, we're not competent, but we did enjoy this movie. Yes, we're not competent, but we know what we like. Yes. And I say this would definitely go on my recommendation list. Yes, this would definitely go on my recommendation um, list. 100% gets the Everybody Loves Movie stamp of approval. Oh, definitely. Which is going to be amazing if I come across one that I wouldn't recommend but gets a stamp of approval or the other way around. Yeah, it'll be weird. <laughs> Hopefully we don't come across that. Although it might make it worth watching something that's kind of that weird. Anyway. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, again, we are not confident, but we know what we like. And we liked this movie. Yes, we definitely like Promare. It has really good ratings online, and it definitely earned those good ratings. Yeah, didn't you say like 97% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. Yeah, it def and it has a 96% on the audience score. It definitely earned that. So it's a 97 critic and 96 audience. Yes. Yeah, when it's both that high, watch the movie. Don't be like us and almost put it down because of the beginning. Yeah, definitely. This is a surprising pick. Well, yeah, it was also a it was also a pretty last minute pick. That was my fault. <laughs> but hey, again, we like movies, but we're not competent. Yeah, because none of this has gone as planned from the beginning. Nope. So you get to join us on our journey as we adapt and grow. And hopefully, it's like, I want to say, hopefully we grow quite a bit, but at the same time, hopefully we don't, because this is kind of fun. Trying to stay on topic is a pain. <laughs> but we are enjoying the discussions. Yeah, at least I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you it's might not know what to expect, but hey, that's oh, what no, you makes might, it fun, right? You might not know what you're expecting, guys. It is almost two in the morning for us. <laughs> Literally everyone's asleep, but me. Well, I'm not. <laughs> in my household. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, how should we end this one? Um, well, I'd say like, subscribe, heart, star, comment. Um, what, what did I say to comment on? Tell us what the 
Oh, uh, about the, the black white thing. If you have any idea, if you have any idea what it, what they could mean in Japan, Japan. Yeah, or, or if you have no idea what they mean, tell us a good anime that we should watch. Yeah, give us a good anime movie at least, and we may watch it. Yeah, because we like movies. Actually, we love movies just like everybody else. But we're not always competent. We're never competent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it shows. Definitely. So on, on that note, um, I think yeah, I think it's time to say see you next time. <laughs> see you next time, guys. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>